Hello everyone, welcome back to Plotlines. I'm your host, Connor, and today I was just in the middle of a tornado watch today in Illinois, and it reminded me of the fact that things can drastically change incredibly in the world, and you may not even know it. And you may be trying to fix a problem and someone fixes it far away and you you don't you didn't know it and you you were trying to figure it out and you weren't meant to figure it out and as well as just be basically being in the position where you're not really an active player in the larger story that is taking place in the world and that will be told in history. I don't think many of us will ever be mentioned in historical books that about, you know, great things we did. It's it's highly unlikely and I don't think anyone would like to read about us because we're not that interesting, but 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 it remind but the story it reminded me of is how Saint Augustine and Saint Jerome were arguing in the in the uh the waning days of the Western Roman Empire as things were becoming barbaric and savage and sort of pagan uh, lifestyles were coming back into an effect and society was breaking down in, in incredible ways. And I think it just goes to show you that you can debate things, you can be two of the greatest intellectuals of the day, and you may not fix anything, but you will discuss it basically until your death. But the interesting thing is that their what they wanted to be to be accomplished was not accomplished by Rome because Rome, the Western Roman Empire, did collapse. But they, Augustine and Jerome, considered that that would be the end of. Or they might have, at least they might have uh, considered this if you you were in their position that, you know, their whole lifestyle, their uh, Western or Christianity or um, Orthodox Christianity or Catholic Christianity in the West was over and that Arianism, since it was, since it was popular amongst the the northern tribes, the uh, Germanic and the Frankish tribes, that that would be what would take over. And I, I think, you know, if any of you know history well enough that you know that didn't happen. And obviously, if you look around, you don't find what, they, what you would call Aryan Christianity, which is Christianity that believes that uh, Jesus Christ was just a man 
was just a creature and and not God. And it was a, and since it was very popular amongst the the Germanic and the Frankish tribes as well as just the general uh, barbarians, it was it it seemingly would be surprising that the West would be able to hold on to the Latin or the Catholic Christianity that had taken root in the West. But out of, in northern France, which the, in the Frankish kingdom, there was a king named Clovis. And his wife, Clotilda, was a, was a Catholic. And she was surrounded by Arians, and her husband was a pagan who had interest in Arian Christianity. So it was just, it was very impressive that she was Catholic because of just the fact that it was not very popular amongst the sort of upper warrior class, but it was sort of popular amongst the lower class, you know, in the area. So the upper class was was Arian and the and the peasants were Catholic and and I mean it's not it's not strictly medieval this is sort of early pre-medieval sort of structure but the but the interesting thing is that Clotilda began to push her husband into the Catholic faith now she didn't now uh she wasn't able to convince him at first and it was it was difficult and she had two children and um she she secretly baptized the first without his permission without her husband's permission and then the second one she did the same she she baptized him baptized her second son without his without uh the father's without her husband's permission and she finally which it's interesting that this this reoccurring thing happens with the Frankish kingdom. Things often happen on Christmas Day um, or Christmas Eve. You know, just around Christmas, uh, she baptized. She finally convinced her husband to be baptized, and she, ba- uh, you know, she baptized uh, or he was baptized. I don't know if she did it. He was baptized into the Catholic Church, and then that led the nobility to sort of move into Catholicism because as he sort of set up the structure that now the Frankish kingdom, which under him grew to basically modern-day France for the most part and some Western Germany, and, you know, that was basically the size of it, that it um, this assured that the future would be would be catholic not arian and you know the uh this whole thing would be fully in for you know all this stuff that was going on would be seen fully realized in charlemagne uh in the future with the whole with the renewal of the roman empire into the holy roman empire um which just goes to show you that you really don't know what's in store 
in history, even if you are people like Augustine and Jerome and you're, you're trying to save something that inevitably can't be saved by you and in a way can't be saved by anyone because it was going to be destroyed and replaced. But the amazing thing is that it got replaced by something arguably more more defining of the future because the Holy Roman Empire would be split into Germany and France as well as Italy, you know, the Italian states. And that would basically create the cultures in which much of society is sort of based on as well as uh, Charlemagne had great effect on the Anglo-Saxons of the time and uh, Europe has always been interconnected and the uh, the fall of the Western Roman Empire and the new Holy Roman Empire moved sort of the focus of sort of the power bases into Western Europe in, or into Europe itself, you know, instead of sort of this weird, like, Mediterranean thing. This sort of, if you look at the maps of Rome, you'll understand that, you know... Um, the barbarians lived in Germany and, you know, France and, you know, all these places in Britain and, and Scotland that, you know, sent the center of civilization sort of moved north, moved to France and moved to Germany as well as England in the future or sp- and, uh, and as well as um, sort of set the tone for the for the pushback of Muslim forces in Spain, which uh, which uh, the descent, which the future kings of Frank, Frankish kingdom before um, before the Holy Roman Empire was founded, under I believe Charles Martel, defeated a Muslim army that was actually invading France, which again this whole structure of the Frankish kingdom led by Clovis who was baptized and turned the Frankish kingdom towards Rome and sort of became the protector of Rome as well as it sort of ensured that Rome would be sort of a a political would be a secular power as well as a religious power and uh, kept the independence of the papacy from the uh, Byzantine Emperor. It sort of made the Holy Roman Emperor for a while sort of partners with the with the Pope in uh, the dealings of the Western uh, Western Europe since the Pope was the Western Patriarch of you know, so Patriarch of Western Christianity of the Catholic of the sort of the Latin rites, I guess. And it was sort of a partnership in that manner. The same could be said with the emperor and the patriarch, but, or the, you know, the Eastern, the, the Byzantine emperor 
and the Patriarch of Constantinople, but but the Eastern uh, the Eastern Christians are much more divided in and and way less unified in how they do things. So it's just very different. But you know there was, but the Pope still had much authority over as well with the East regarding, or just, you know, in the sense of his, as Pope, but in the West, he was the sort of absolute ruler of the, of Christianity in that area, along with the Holy Roman Emperor. But it would also push forward to sort of times when the Pope and the Holy Roman Emperor disputed things and you know, let's just say things don't always, things don't always go, you know, sort of, uh, uh, perfectly in history. I think hopefully everyone has sort of, uh, as they've listened to this podcast, sort of understood that, that, you know, things aren't always hunky-dory and, you know, we don't know what's in store for civilization, but I think it's purely that we can see that there's hope and that hope comes from God. And I think the fact that Augustine and Jerome couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure out what was going on because they weren't meant to figure out how how to fix things. But things were not meant to be fixed by them but they were supposed to be done in a in a land far away from them and in a place where they would probably never have thought things were going to come from since these were the barbarians the, these were the complete opposite types of people that they had been dealing with and that they would have probably considered as allies and that is where God took things in a way. You know, if you think about it, God always takes things in sort of strange directions. And that's, you know, that just goes back to the storm thing is you don't know if you're going to be in the eye of the storm. You don't know if there's going to be a tornado. You don't really have much many much options regarding storms. And the storm that was happening in the Roman Empire, you didn't know what, who was going to destroy, what was going to come out of it. And, you know, Jerome and Augustine did not know either. So, uh, I think that sort of sums up the story of how Clovis changed the world and, you know, fixed a problem that had already... that nobody at the time thought would have been fixed by him so if you like what i've been doing please like share and subscribe and have a great day everyone